The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. With all of the noise around you, where can you gain direction for the speed of your life? You know, 2020 has been one of those seasons that kind of is like in the in-between. If you were using a GPS, this is the season of rerouting, where you're kind of waiting for the directions to kick in, and you're like, wait, what am I doing? Where do I go now? I mean, a lot has been turned upside down and on its head, and so we're kind of in this in-between, stuck-in-the-middle rerouting season. In fact, it's reminded me of the opening paragraph of one of the classic novels, uh, Tale of Two Cities, which interestingly was written, uh, the setting of Tale of Two Cities is the French Revolution. But you might not know this, it was written about two years before the start of the American Civil War. And so really, the author is writing, looking not only at what they've been through, but even at what America is about to go through. And he opens his book this way. Um, It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief, and it was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light, and it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. And I just thought, man, that really captures that like rerouting season. You ever been driving and you're using your GPS and you make a wrong turn or you miss a turn and suddenly it's rerouting, but while it's rerouting, you still have to drive. And so you're driving in a direction. And one of the things I know is that your direction will always determine your destination. If you want to go to Florida, but you're driving north, you're going to end up in Canada no matter how much you want to go to Florida. It doesn't matter if you pack for Florida. It doesn't matter if you plan for Florida. It doesn't matter if you've dreamed of Florida. If you are driving to Canada, that's where you're going to end up. Your direction will determine your destination every time. And so when you're in the rerouting stage and you're continuing to drive at the speed of life and you don't know where you're going or where to turn, you might keep your foot on the gas and continue to make wrong turn after wrong turn. And, you know, 2020 is really, I I think you could almost summarize it as a rerouting year. So much of the direction you were going is now rerouting. Things that you thought were working are rerouting. And so the question becomes, how are you doing? Are you driving at the speed of life, but not gaining direction at the speed of life? And when you're rerouting, often you and I are left wondering and wandering. And so where do you go for that direction in that rerouting moment so you don't keep missing turns? You know, how, how are you doing with the most recent turns you made? You might be wondering, did I make a right turn at the college I chose? Did I make the correct turn at that relationship, that career pathway? The way I handled my finances, the car I chose, or the way I handled that last situation. And so when you're left wondering 
and wandering, where do you turn for direction that can keep up with you at the speed of your life? And so I want to bring you back to an ancient story. Uh, of an individual who was really born in a crisis season. I mean, if you think our nation is in trouble, it's got nothing on the, what, what this guy was born into. I mean, he was born into a nation that was trapped in actual slavery. The, the entire nation was enslaved under another nation. Uh, he was born during a time, a specific time in their slavery, when they were killing all the babies during a national infanticide, and he was one of the few babies that survived. In fact, he survived because he was rescued by the daughter, one of the daughters of the king, and was actually raised as a prince. And, and as he was growing up, he began to believe that there was something unique about his life, that almost as if he was spared because he was chosen. And he felt like... The reason he was chosen was to become the rescuer of his relatives, to set them free from their slavery. But in his anger, he murdered someone, and then he had to run for his life. He had to get out of Dodge. And he spent the next four decades of his life in anonymity, hiding. But while he hid from those he feared, and he even hid from those that he felt called to rescue. He couldn't hide from God, and God met him. Moses uh, is one of the more renowned characters in the story of the Bible, the sacred history of how God interacts with man. And really, you find Moses, he's ranching in the middle of a desert, and he's out there by himself, and, and, and here's where the story jumps in. It's found in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, and here we go. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So he's, even though he's at the mountain of God, he's just out there farming. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. So he sees a bush that's on fire, but in the fire there is an angel of the Lord, or the angel of the Lord. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. There was something different about this fire. So Moses thought, hmm, that's strange. I'm in the desert. And it's not uncommon to see something on fire in a desert. It gets hot and things erupt into flames. But this is different. I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. It's on fire, but the fire's not going out. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses. Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And uh, the, the key challenge that you get from this story is that while Moses was not necessarily looking for God, in fact, Moses was kind of off by himself in a desert, just busy doing life, doing his job, going through the motions, 
ranching, farming, doing what he was supposed to do just to get by in life, living in anonymity, that he could not hide from God. God met him. God revealed himself to Moses. God pursued Moses. And and that's where I want to just kind of jump in is to let you know that even if you're not looking for God, God may be looking for you because you're probably looking for direction. And so the challenge I want you to get, even from this story of Moses, is this. The best directions come from knowing the voice of God. Can I encourage you maybe make a note of that? The best directions in life come from knowing the voice of God. Now, for you and I, we don't necessarily follow the best directions. In fact, for me, often I, I don't even bother pulling up my GPS. I'm just like, oh, I'll find my way there. I think I have a good sense of direction. And this has gotten me into trouble a fair amount of times, meaning I intended to go in one direction, but I ended up somewhere else, or I, I tried to get there, but I kind of didn't quite make it all the way there because I wasn't following good directions. But then there are times just straight up, I meant to go in the wrong direction. And I got there. It's one thing to try to go in the right direction and not arrive. It's a very different thing to aim in the wrong direction and actually get there, right? And this is actually our challenge. Most of us are either trying to go the right direction but not quite getting there, or we're just straight up heading in the wrong direction. And the reason for this is because our GPS system's all off. We, we, we've turned our back on God, the one who knows our life and created our life and has the best pathway for our life. And because we've turned our back on God, we're either consistently not quite getting where we should go or we're just aiming completely in the wrong direction. Believe it or not, those two pictures are the pictures that Jesus gave to describe this idea of sin. Sin is a spiritual corruption in our life. And sin can work out one of two ways. Either you mean to go the right way, but you don't ever get there. You're not measuring up. You're not arriving. Or you just straight up are going the wrong direction and you're getting there every time. And this sin, spiritual corruption throws off the direction of our life. And so even though we want to go in good directions and we, we have a good destination in mind, we are just consistently going the wrong way. Sin, it wrecks our life and it hurts those around us and it leads to a forever ruin. Because when we separate ourselves from relationship with God and we live our life in a wrong direction, right? Direction determines destination and the destination of a life lived away from God is a destination of eternal ruin and eternal judgment. But as I said, God is always taking the initiative. You want what's best for your life? Trust me, God wants what's best for you more than you do. You want to gain direction for your life that would lead you toward a good destination? God wants to give you direction on how to get to the best destination possible. God not only cares, but God always pursues. See, God takes the initiative. When you look at the life of Moses, God took the initiative. And and throughout the Bible, you see all these different various ways that God revealed himself to people. But the most profound way, the most amazing way that God took the initiative is when he became one of us, that God stepped down from heaven He didn't boom with thunder. He didn't shock us with lightning. He didn't send more tablets of stone. He became a man. He put on clothing. He put on the skin of humanity, and he became one of us. 
with the mission of revealing himself to us and then dying for us. Dying? Yes, because sin required an eternal death penalty. And so Jesus came to earth to die in our place, to take on our eternal death sentence. And when he died in our place, anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins and shame and guilt removed, and they're given a new life. How? Because Jesus not only died, he rose from the dead. And in the power and in the miracle of his resurrection, he gives us new life. So anyone who believes in Jesus by faith, when you believe in him, God's spirit enters into your spirit. He gives you new life and eternal life. Now, if you're making that commitment this morning, here's the thing. I don't want you just to try to find the right direction or to head in a good destination. Remember, direction determines destination. And the only way we get our direction right is if we say yes to Jesus by faith. And so can I encourage you, the beginning point of living a life with good direction toward a good destination is saying yes to Jesus. And so would you make that commitment right now? If you are saying yes to Jesus, each of our campuses, you're joining us online. Can I encourage you? Let us know. Simply text the name Jesus to 41411. And I, I want to so encourage you. Would you say yes to Jesus right now? Wherever you're at, whatever chaos is going on, whatever, is, whatever might be out of whack in your life, whatever rerouting season you're in, would you begin by saying yes to Jesus It's a step of faith. It's a commitment, of course. But you're making a commitment to a God who knows you and loves you and came to earth to rescue you. And by the way, so when you make that commitment, you let us know. Simply text the name Jesus to 41411. Now, as I was sharing that, I said, here's what happens. When you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit comes into your spirit and he gives you new life and eternal life, right? God's spirit, when he comes into your spirit, he gives you this built-in direction for life. And trust me, God can keep up with you. God can give you direction for the speed of your life. And so now I want to jump back into the story in the life of Moses where we can discover how he got the best directions because he discovered and learned to know the voice of God. And so how can you learn to know the voice of God? Let me jump back into the story and give you just a couple key lessons from this story and maybe how you can be Begin to tune your heart to knowing the voice of God so you can gain the best directions for life. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, hmm, this is strange. I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to it to look, Then God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And so the the first key thing I want to challenge you with is, you know, and it's obvious, you and I have to learn to discover the voice of God. Now, I say this is obvious because obviously from this passage, you got to go, okay, then I have to make sure that I know the voice of God, right? That's the main point here. But you know, you realize many people don't even care about hearing the voice of God. There's some of you, you're hearing this message, you don't really care about hearing the voice of God. You might be in church or you might be listening to a sermon from church, but you, you actually think you know best. 
You know best what, what is good for you. You know best how to handle your finances. You know what's best for your career. You know what's best for your choice of a boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse. You know what's best for the timing of things in your life. And as a result, you're not even listening. And, and so can I make the first challenge to you would be to want to discover the voice of God. Moses is out in a desert and he sees a bush on fire. Again, that's not that uncommon. But there's something about the bush burning and it not burning up that draws him in. By the way, let me give you a quick little parenthetical thought. You want to not burn out in life? What was the key to this bush burning but not burning out? Because the source of the flame was not the bush but the presence of God. In your life, you will not burn out if the source of your fire inside of you is not yourself, but the presence of God. If you are burning out, it's because you are the source of the fire. You will not burn out when you learn to allow the source of your fire to be the presence of God. Now let's jump back into the story. Moses is drawn to and attracted to a bush that was burning but not on fire. And one of the things you notice is that Moses was attracted to something where he saw the fingerprints of God on it. And you and I need to begin to look for and notice where we see the fingerprints of God at work in our life. That's different. That's unusual. That's a little odd. That doesn't seem like the way things normally work. And we begin to have eyes that are keen to notice, ears that are quick to listen, and a spirit that is quick to respond to the supernatural fingerprints of God in the life around us and are willing to respond, quick to go look. The key here is, what did Moses do? He was quick to pause and pray. You want to you gain direction for your life? You want to discover the voice of God in your life? Learn to pause and pray. Learn to slow down. I'm saying that God can give you direction at the speed of your life. But you know, if I'm in the, if I'm in the middle of a rerouting where I'm, I'm maybe I'm in, I'm in the city and I miss a turn and suddenly my GPS is rerouting, here's what you do. You slow down and you don't just keep making wrong turn after wrong turn. Maybe even pull over on the side of the road so that you're not in front of me jamming on your brakes and I almost rear-end you, right? Don't do that, okay? Here's what you do. You pull over. Some of you, Maybe me. You see a yellow light and you just gun it, right? The yellow light is meant to say caution, right? That means you're entering an intersection and it's about to go red. You need to be cautious, right? When you're entering the intersections of a life, pause and pray. Slow down. Ease into it. You go flying through an intersection, you're liable to get yourself in an accident, because you're going to miss things you, you can't otherwise see. When you're in the intersections of life, things are coming at you fast in a relationship, in a, in a major life transition season. As I said, 2020 is literally a rerouting season. It's like we're in a never-ending you know, four-leaf clover and in an interstate, and we just can't find our way out of this perpetual looping, right? The point is, you and I have to slow down to pause and to pray. Recognize where God is at work around you. Put yourself in a place to pause, to pray, to actually be willing and interested to hear the voice of God. Really, if I had to give you a takeaway, it is to actually want to know 
the voice of God. And how do you want to know the voice of God? Pause and pray. God, I'm entering this intersection of my life. I want your will. I want your way. I don't just want to date the person I want to date, that I'm attracted. I want, I want the person you have for me. I don't want to just spend money the way I want to spend it. God, this is an intersection. I want you to direct my steps. God, we're trying to purchase a car, and we're a little uncertain. Would you order our steps? I'm in a career transition. I'm in a job change. God, would you direct my steps? I want to hear your voice. And so you pause and you pray, and you're looking for the fingerprints of God. You're looking for places where you—a burning bush, you gotta, you got to understand, the burning bush in a desert wasn't necessarily a strange thing to see. It was that the bush did not burn out. So where in your life is there a fire that's not going out? Where is there things that God is up to that you need to be drawn into? By the way, I just want to tell you that what makes a church, what makes my life, what makes Christians unique and special is not our fire. I, I often, you know, I would say I'm fired up. But it's not just that I'm fired up, and it's not just that we want you to be fired up. We want a fire that doesn't burn out. And when you begin to get drawn into a fire that isn't burned out, then you learn to begin to hear the voice of God. Moses is in a desert, and a burning bush begins to speak, Moses, Moses. Samuel, the prophet, was, uh, was a boy. He was laying in bed, and he hears the voice of Samuel, Samuel, God calling to him. Abraham was out at night staring up at a starry sky. David is in a pasture tending sheep. <laughs> Jonah was in the belly of a fish. Jesus would often go up into the desert mountains, and each of them paused to hear the voice of God. And when you, when you pause to hear the voice of God, then you learn to listen. And so my challenge to you is, it's not enough just to pause and to pray, but then you got to begin to tune your ear to the voice of God. Now, I'm old enough to remember when you actually had to tune a radio. So this is back in the old days when you didn't just have your the stations programmed. Forget, not, we don't even program stations anymore. You just pull up Spotify and you can play whatever you want. Or you, you pull up an app and you can just play whatever you want. But, you know, back in the day when you actually had to listen to the radio and you could actually tune the radio, it took you a little time, but you had to find it, right? And, and so here's the thing. This is a way for us where we've got to tune our ears to actually listen to the voice of God. It's not that God's voice is hard to find. It's that you and I are often so busy and so active, and we're letting so many noises come in, and we're listening to so many voices that we have to learn to listen to the voice of God and quiet out the other noises. Imagine you're in a car. There's a lot of people speaking. If you're anything like me, you're like, and, and you're, you're in a tense situation. You're trying to make sure you get the right direction. Everybody be quiet. I need to concentrate. This is one of those moments in your life where you might need to go to everything around you, be quiet. I need to concentrate on learning to listen to God. God is speaking. God is always wanting to speak to you. It's that you and I are often not listening. So we gotta learn to listen. Through faith in Jesus Christ, your heart is the home of God. He doesn't, he doesn't live in a church building. He doesn't live in a temple. He doesn't live on a mountain or in the woods. 
You don't need to get away to hear from God. If you believe in Jesus by faith, your heart is the home of God, which means God is in you and he wants to speak to you, but you have to learn to listen to his voice. So how do you learn to listen to his voice? Well, Moses is drawn to the bush. He hears Moses, Moses, and I I promise you, God is calling your name. He is speaking to you. He wants to get your attention. He wants what's best for you. And you have to believe that, that God knows best and he wants what's best. Let's jump back in the story because I want to give you some real key practical things on how you actually listen to the voice of God. And Moses said, here I am. What a a tremendous statement. God, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am, now God speaking, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The key here is simply this. Moses didn't just hear the voice of God or learn to listen to the voice of God. He experienced the voice of God. And I want to challenge you to experience the voice of God. When you experience God's presence and God's voice, it is otherworldly and it is unshakable and it anchors your life for the rest of your life. Some of you, the reason why your life is getting shaken in the storms because you're not anchored in knowing and experiencing God. You can read about God, and then you can experience God. It would be the difference between me reading my wife's story and actually knowing my wife. There's a difference, see, there's a difference between learning about and experiencing. God doesn't want you just to learn about him. He wants you to encounter him. He wants you to experience him. Here's what happens when you put yourself in a place where you're determined to pause and pray, and then you learn to listen so that you can begin to experience the voice of God. Here's what's happening. You begin to tune your ears and, and, and get your eyes keen on seeing God, and you begin to make your heart sensitive to the voice of God so that you're tuning out all of the other voices so that you can actually hear the voice of God. And here's what you're going to discover when you begin to listen, that God's voice is um, this powerful, life-shaking, but anchoring voice. He will probably rock your heart more than he rocks the world around you. He may thunder in your mind, even if he doesn't thunder from the heavens. It will feel like lightning going through your thoughts, even if you don't see lightning. What I've discovered is that when God speaks to me, it pierces my thoughts. I probably won't hear it on the outside, but it will, it will be like a pierce in my mind. I, I would personally describe it like God uh, piercing my thoughts with a sword. It's undeniable. It's, you can't shake it. You might ignore it, but you can't shake it. And you, if you're ignoring it, you can tell. God is speaking to me. When God speaks, it will never contradict his word. In fact, God most often speaks through his written word, the Bible, which means if you want to hear from God, most of the time you're going to best hear from God by spending time reading his word. He will direct you through his word. He will guide you through his word. He's going to order your steps through his word. And so spend time reading and studying and memorizing the word of God so that his word is like a light to your path and a lamp to your feet. 
But you will find even if God speaks in your thoughts, it will never contradict or in any way conflict with his written word, which means you have to know his word so that you can weigh anything else that you hear against his word. And if this doesn't match his word, you got to throw it out. Okay. Not only will God... God speak to you and he will speak to you through his word. He will speak consistently and it will align with his word. But when God speaks, it will always require faith. This is important. (laughs) If you believe God is speaking to you and the step is easy, it's probably not God. If it's comfortable, it's not God. If it's safe, it is not God. If it doesn't require faith, it is not God. Because God always invites you into a life of faith. And so when he speaks, the first step you're going to have to take will require faith. And so if you're hearing God's voice, you know you're experiencing God's voice because it's an invitation to a step of faith. There you go. Some of you, you're like, wait, that's what that was? I've been feeling pulled to give. I've been feeling pulled to serve. I've been feeling pulled to love, to forgive, to let go of resentment. I always thought that was me or the sermon. No, 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 that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's why it was uncomfortable. That's why he was calling you to a faith. Not only will it be an invitation that requires faith, but if you obey, it will bring peace to your heart. You have a situation in your life that's making you unsettled. You're uncomfortable. It's a decision you have to make, and you're, you're just troubled inside. You're, you're all torn up. Think, of, think through your options. The, the one, it, it will be the one that requires faith. But if you did it, it would immediately give you peace. And you, you can think about it right now. You're like, if I did that, it would be hard. It'd be scary. And then suddenly you feel this deep calm. Like, but it would be the right thing to do. See, when God directs, when you experience the voice of God, it will require faith, but it will bring peace. And godly people will confirm it. Okay, so I've given you really practical steps to go. Now you actually have to experience the voice of God. Look, we're not going to try to turn on burning bushes. Because God just met Moses in his everyday He was just on the car ride to work. Suddenly, something came over the radio and began to speak to him. It was was a billboard. It was a friend. It was a Bible verse. See, it was just in the everyday, in the routine that God met him. But then when God met him, he was drawn in. I've got to go meet God. And then he paused and he prayed, God, what do you have for me? And then he learned to listen to the voice of God. And as he listened, he experienced the voice of God. So right now, I want to encourage you. How can you experience the voice of God? I want to give you a moment. We're not going to give you a long moment, but I want to give you a moment. And I'm going to pray over you, but really my goal in my prayer is that you would tune your heart to listening to the voice of God. Jesus, would you meet us here right now? Not necessarily in physical burning bushes, but for every one of us, whether in in Chambersburg or Hagerstown campus or anyone joining us online in their own homes, would you meet them in their own supernatural burning bush moment? 
where they can begin to see the fingerprints of your spirit in their life, where they slow down long enough to hear you, meet you, where they would encounter you in your word, encounter you in this message, encounter the direction that you have for their life. Jesus, thank you that you actually speak to us. I'm gonna invite you right now. Again, regardless of where you're joining us, would you just say, Jesus, would you speak to me now? Give me direction. I will listen. I will obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.